You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's happening, everybody? This is the post-game edition of a Coast to Coast podcast. I am Joey Powell. For InsideCarolina.com, joining me are the two guys you're here to see, Sherelle McMillan and Sean Moran. And we're brought to you by our good friends over at Johnny T-Shirts and our friends at Congruity HR. All right, guys. 75-71. Tar Heels beat... A uh, beat a Miami team that was limping in, had lost six straight, down two starters. And then, of course, like everybody had on their bingo chart, they came out and absolutely blistered the Nets from behind the arc, shooting. Uh, at one point, I think they were like 14 of, or not 14, at one point, I think they were like 12 of 19 or something. Uh, their offensive efficiency in the first half, they were, they were 8 of 16 from 3 and like 4 of 18 from 2. It made no sense whatsoever. Uh, but they were blistering from beyond the arc. And made it close. I mean, North Carolina missed some free throws down the stretch. Um, they they did not execute well late in the game. Uh, but we're here. We're going to talk about this game. Um, and, and I'll go ahead and tell you guys, I, I apologize to everybody who's listened to me. I sound terrible. Um, I'm wearing my, my Jordan 12s. Uh, my family has developed a wicked case of the flu. And uh, my son has the flu and strep. So we're, we're going to gut it out. And give the give you guys the best we've got tonight. I've got my non-sponsored electrolyte sports drink here. Uh, and we're gonna make this work, um, guys. I'm gonna start because we've done like two or three coast to coast, and have found ourselves at the very end saying, "Oh, we didn't even mention R.J. Davis." We're not doing that tonight. Tonight we're gonna start with R.J. Davis and give that man his flowers he deserves. Um, I'm just gonna read his line, and then Sean, I'll let you just go wherever you want to go with this. Forty-two points. 14 of 22 from the field, 7 of 11. Like, he almost hit our magic number of 8. 7 of 11 from behind the arc. 7 of 9. He missed two free throws tonight. Six rebounds, one assist, two fouls in 34 minutes of game action. Uh, I mean, record-breaking isn't a stretch because that literally broke the Smith Center record for points scored by Tar Heel. Um, I know a lot of folks were wanting to throw Hunter Salas's name as a potential stealer of the league MVP, but, uh, I think, uh, I think RJ saw that and, um, 
and took that personally. Sean Moran, how do you feel about uh, RJ's performance tonight against the Hurricanes? Uh, I mean, it was a it was an incredible performance, uh, and much much needed given the way the game the game ended and and how everybody else played. Uh, but coming out of the the UVA game where he he struggled, uh, you know, probably one of the one of the games he struggled in the most with Beekman guarding him. It was nice to see him come out early, hit some shots, and when he hit those two threes, he pretty much thought the game was was over, up uh, up double digits with under four minutes to go, and then uh, you know here we are about an hour hour later. But he's been having a tremendous tremendous season. We've been saying enjoy it as you're getting to watch him, and um, you know it's it's really fun just watching watching him play. But every every point was needed uh, once again, especially given his effort and then you look at at how everybody else played today but uh it all came together at the end with a with a win Cheryl I'm gonna actually ask you to talk about the flip side of that which is no other Tar Heel in double figures and uh not something you would expect to see uh at a home game you know this late in the season uh, I, I know there's only so many points to be scored and there's only one ball but th- does it concern you that nobody else had double figures tonight oh yeah I I think <laughs> The last five minutes uh, were were as bad as your voice right now. Like that's kind of what it looked like. It was it was pretty rough. Um, and this, you know, you asked us a few weeks ago if we thought it was something that was an issue, and I said no. I, I don't think it's necessarily just about the end of games, but you know, that's what three out of six games now, four out of six games where even the ones they won, they've had a lot of trouble closing it out once they got to the you know under five, under four, and. It, it's concerning because this isn't a young team. Like <laughs> these are old guys who played hundreds of basketball games um, outside of Cadeau, pretty much in the, in the rotation, and they're they're making mistakes that you just don't expect from, you know, guys who played four or or five year, or six years. Um, so that that is concerning, and I think they're going to have to figure that out um, because there's enough evidence now that it is an issue and it, it is a problem. Um, as far as other players scoring in double figures. You know, people have off nights. Uh, I think Ingram and Ryan uh, was joking with a friend that it seems like they can never have like good nights together. It's it's always Not like, at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's Not always at the same like time. one is six of twelve, or, or and, and one is one of fourteen, or they're both like you know five of fifteen or something like that. Um, so that was a, a struggle there. Uh, Baycott only had four shot attempts, and a part of that was it wasn't like they weren't trying to get in the ball; they just weren't doing a very good job of getting in the ball. And then he's got to probably do a little bit better as far as getting position. But at the same time, if you're getting position over and over and over and you're not getting the ball, I, I get why your your motor might not run quite as high. So there's a lot to clean up. Um, I think the good thing is they won the game. They're still a game ahead of Duke in the ACC standings. They've got uh, another four full days off during the week before uh, they host a rival on Saturday. And they can get some of this stuff cleaned up is the hope uh, because, you know, it, it was like they almost they were watching RJ and was like, wow, this is amazing. And then they forgot that there were still three minutes left and Miami never to their credit, never stopped playing. So um, great performance by RJ. You hate that it, they needed every single point <laughs> of the all time scoring record in, in, in the Smith Center history for for them to win. But they got it out there with a the win and they really got to work on those late game situations. And I think they will. I mean, I think uh, maybe last year or two years ago, this could have easily been been a loss. And we're talking about RJ's 40, 40, 40 plus points and a, and a loss. And they're leading Sports Center with how they gave up 11 points uh, or a 14 point lead so quickly. But Sherelle, to your point, do you think it was more watching RJ or I mean, even 
at the UVA game, they, they led comfortably throughout. And then all of a sudden, you know, just like going back to Oklahoma, you needed a big shot at the end. We've talked about it, how they're, they seem to be slowing the ball down, working clock. Do you think that's, that's the main issue or was it really just watching RJ this time? I, I think it's, I think this time maybe it was a little bit of watching RJ, but they also did slow it down. And like you said, I, I forgot about what happened with the Oklahoma game. So now, I mean, it's going back three months now where they've just had some difficulty in closing the games. To their credit, they've closed most of them. But, you know, that's everybody. I think everybody who uh, follows Carolina, who covers UNC, watched that game and said, yeah, that's that's how it ends in March, where R.J. Davis is incredible and nobody else does anything. And they seem like for stretches they can't get a stop. And I think more than the offensive part, that, that was the Smith Center low in points this year for UNC, which is 75, which is – you know, a, a good amount to have as your low, but the defense, man, I, I, I don't know. Sure. We can always say, yeah, so-and-so hit tough shots, but we've been saying that a lot here lately. And when you start saying insert play here, hits tough shots, it's like, well, what's the shot quality? Is it lightly contested? Is it coming off movement? Is it, are they assisted or are they just pulling up and every single player who plays against Carolina is on fire? You know, I, I don't think so. So I think, in addition to uh, the the issues, you know, I, I guess at the under five, which are surprising to me, I'll, I'll I'm going to give you a question right back, Sean. Um, but aside from the issues at the under five, it's also the defensive slippage, which is continuing um, outside of UVA. Which I mean, could me and you, Sean, go and play for UVA and, and score four points, perhaps? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I I'm a confident dude. I feel like I could hit one shot, maybe just one. It was wide open. Um, but what I, what I wanted to ask you and, and, and Joey is, like, they have two point guards on, on, on the floor pretty much at all times. They have Trimble, who can come in and handle the ball. And then Ingram is a competent ball handler throughout his career. So wh- why is it that they're struggling in, in some of those situations where, where teams press them? Right, I'll leave that open to y'all because I, I, I don't have an answer. They, they are struggling. And you would, you would think – I think it's really a case of them not being used to handling the ball and, and looking for RJ or Cadeau to, to help them out of the situation. But you would think, especially Ingram, who pretty much brought the ball up uh, at least 50% of the possessions he played at Stanford, uh, that he would relish the opportunity, but he looks like a deer a deer in headlights. But I, I do think that is something easily easily addressable, especially with the, the ball handling. But there were times, I mean, even when, when Cormac had the ball and was trying to run out the clock. I saw the guy sprinting from from the opposite side, and I just imagined him getting a pick and an easy basket uh, or easy easy breakaway. So I think it is something that they need to address. It, it has been an issue, but that's probably one of my least you know least concerns right at this point right right now. I uh I I think you guys are onto something. It kind of leads me to where I wanted to take this next. I have never been a proponent in any sport of taking the air out of the ball. Uh, I've always felt like, you know, playing not to lose is going to get you beat. Um, I worry about uh, this team when you take the air out of the ball deliberately and make them start thinking more. And I know this sounds really weird, but I I feel like when you make them start thinking more, all of a sudden uh, they get to a place to where they're they're almost gripping. It's, It's like in golf when... You know, you stand over top of the ball and you take an extra, you know, an extra little waggle with your putter. I wonder if that's not what's happening when when Hubert Davis kind of goes into his clock churn offense towards the end of the game. 
Uh, I don't know that that's the case. And again, you know, Hubert Davis is, is, has forgotten more than I'll probably ever know. But I do wonder if, if when they start taking the air out of the ball towards the end of the game, if that's not some of the issues for these late game, uh, these late game situations. Because uh, I mean, we've seen it a few times. Go ahead. You just put so much pressure on on both sides of the ball when you do do that, especially when it's when it's this this stretched out. Um, you know where you're working the clock, and now all of a sudden you're out of the offense. You're running probably isolation or or step back, and you're you're taking contested shots every now and then. You'll get a you know Elliot Cadeau beating his man, or you know luckily against UVA that breakdown where Ingram had a wide open layup. But it does put so much pressure on the team uh, taking tough shots when. You know, if they, they work the ball around and, and play how they normally are playing, uh, could probably get a, a better look and, and keep the momentum and keep that aggressiveness. And then at the same time, defensively, all it takes is you give up one basket and things start to get a little tight. And we saw mentally how they were looking at the free throw line at the end of the game. I do wonder, like, what their situational, I don't want to call it analytics, but what their situ- situation analysis is. Like, right. is it? you know, up 14 under four, you can start taking the ball out or, or grind clock. Is it up eight? Like, what is it? Because I don't know, a two possession game, it, it has to be at least three, but I feel like in that seven to nine range, they've done it a few times, even at the under three. And that's I still think that's with the way teams are shooting, especially with the way a team was shooting tonight, you know, three possessions at the under three is still, still too early to start taking the air out of the ball. So uh, I'm sure they'll go back and, and figure it out. I mean, but again, you know, there's two sides to this. There's the side who, and, and again, I don't, I'm not going to tell you if you're right or wrong, but there's a side who says, man, a team came into the Smith Center, made 14 or 15 threes, played the games of their life, and Carolina still found a way to win. If you want to feel that way, that's great because that's true. There's also the side that says it took 42 points from RJ Davis having the game of his life for Carolina to beat a team that they were favored to win, beat by 15 points at home. Uh, with a lead in ACC, would, would, it would have been a devastating loss. So I think you can look at it both ways, and I don't think either one is wrong. Both of them are right. Uh, it's just a matter of UNC fine-tuning now moving forward because, uh, you know, NC State, they're, they're going to want to try to get a, a Q1 win. We're talking about Saturday. They need it desperately. They, they're trying to make the tournament, and anything they can do, especially if they get Duke and Carolina back-to-back. You now, if they could win those two, uh, who knows what could happen. So they're going to come with the same amount of energy probably a little healthier than Miami was and and on Saturday. So Carolina's got to really take these this time over the next four days and just think about how they almost lost that game. And as Hubert Davis said at halftime, just have their preparation and their awareness and their focus and attention to detail and all that stuff in order. Yeah. And, you know, they've, they, they are finishing up their last um, Saturday to Monday turn, which I know nobody in the league likes. Um, They've also got Go ahead. I jump in on that. And so under Hebrew Davis now, they're five and one on Saturday on regular season, regular season, Saturday, Monday turns. Um, yeah, but I, I was so, I was told I was told by some people in the chat that that Hubert was was a bum and should be fired. That's that's, that's what I heard. I'm just messing with you. Um, no, it's it's uh, the the numbers say what they speak for what they are. I, I do think something else to think about. Um, is this team, while they weren't great defensively positionally tonight, I, I think they had uh, they had their they had active hands and they were absolutely stepping in some passing lanes sometimes. Um, and th- something that I do wonder, and I want you guys to to elaborate on this a little bit, they're getting some turnovers tonight. And had a chance for quite a few run out opportunities and just could not finish layups. Sean, I know that's kind of been um, 
a bee in your bonnet for quite some time. Uh, is there any rhyme or reason to that, or is it just that for whatever reason this team, when they they get down to you know they, they get down to to the cup on a three on one or three on two or whatever, they just can't finish normally. I mean, how many times did you see a pass in any of those those plays? I think that's the easy answer. Fair, fair enough. Zero. Fair enough. Um, and, and that's been, uh, you know, Sherelle probably gets tired of me <laughs> me talking about it during during the game. And that was an issue last year where whoever got the ball would just, you know, three on one, two on one, three on two, whatever it is, the guy with the ball is is taking it and finishing it. And, you know, I, I think the first time was when Elliot got it. And I said, like, okay, here, here comes something. They did play good defense on that one, kind of blocked out. Armando from a lob or something like that. He was definitely being a little too casual, but it, you know, you just hit hit the, hit the man early on. You know, hope you get it back. Just some of those the Dean Smith principles. Um, but it's, it's really frustrating to watch that transition play when you have you have an edge and there's just no passing. It doesn't matter who who it was, Cormac, RJ, Cadeau, you know, uh, Cadeau, Ingram, etc. So it, it's frustrating and it goes against how they play in the half court in terms of moving the ball and, and being together. So would like to see that fixed. I don't know what the answer is because uh, we have seen it at times, but this has definitely been uh, something I hate watching over the, over the last few years. Cheryl, what do you think that, what do you think leads to that is, I mean, cause, cause these guys practice that in, in, in all the time. And for whatever reason, you'll see nights like tonight where it seems like it's almost contagious that they're getting the breaks, they're getting the, the runouts and they just can't finish it. I, I don't know. I think part of it is you start pressing because you see that, you know, the person before you missed one and the person before him missed one. And it's like, well, I've got to convert. And sometimes uh, it's just easier to just back things out. But I, I think they are taught to be super aggressive going to the rim. And sometimes Carolina's players, and folks don't want to hear this, but they do go to the rim expecting a foul call. And you just you can't do that. Like it'll likely come, uh, especially when you're aggressive. But you can't go with the sole objective of getting fouled. That's not the way it works. Your, your objective should be to try and score. And I think once or twice a game that happens for UNC, so that's part of it. Um, but all in all, you know, again, people are going to get on me. Uh, I don't mean to be like this, but it's like, you know, stuff happens. You know, it, it it's a long college basketball season. There are a myriad of different results, and there have been so many times over the last five years where we've done this podcast, where this game ended 75, Miami 75, North Carolina 71. And it's been like, well, what, what, what can they do? And now the, the shoe's kind of other foot. And I think we've all been, um, we, we've all have enjoyed how they played this year. And the standard has been reestablished, I think, for what Carolina basketball should look like. And with that reestablishing of the standard comes, uh, I guess the merits when they don't reach that standard. The and prisoner of the moment ish. Yes. Yeah. And and again, I'm not getting on people. I'm not holier than thou. I'm not, you know, virtue signaling or anything like that. Um, but I, I do try to keep that in perspective because um it's it's been a rough few years for UNC. And right now, um they're they're in first place in the ACC. They've got twenty two wins. They're gonna be a two seed or or potentially a one seed. So Overall, it's good. Tonight was not the best outside of R.J. Davis and someone we haven't given props to yet, Jalen Withers. Um, Don't go steal that, material, bro. Don't yeah, steal but, material, bro. Yeah, but, but besides that, you know, you you you'll take a poorly played win over or a pretty loss like any day of the week. Like somebody just responded to me, like 
Sherelle, that wasn't a win in quotations. I'm like, yo, get get out of here. Like, it absolutely what are we doing? Like, what, what, if, what are we counting yeah, for? Yeah, if the point isn't to if, if the point isn't to have more points, like then what are we doing? Like, I, I understand that there were stretches where they didn't play well and uh, it was frustrating, but they won the game. So yeah. again, again, I go back and forth to this. And I'm sorry to keep bringing it back up, but both sides are correct. They can play better, but they also achieve the objective which is to have more points than the other team yeah i i'll never understand the i i appreciate these 780 some odd folks that are here watching this i appreciate them being here i will never understand the uh the need to be mad um all the time uh, i'll never understand the need to be uh to be frustrated at something after every single outcome um but again this is a team that uh, they won a game that they should have won. They didn't win it pretty, uh, but you just got to see uh, R.J. Davis put up an all-time performance, and in spite of all the warts, in spite of all the flaws, the Tar Heels come out on top, 75-71. This is a post-game edition of the Coast to Coast podcast. If you are tuning in with us, we're glad that you guys are here. Um, and again, like so folks want to talk about Cormac Ryan right now. He had a terrible shooting night uh, after shooting really well for the last four games. Um, but I'm not sure, uh, you know, again, he had one bad shooting night, so now you're going to forget the last going to forget the, the four before that. I just, it's hard to, it's, it's hard for me to, to understand the knee jerk reactions. Something that is easy for me to understand, uh, is Johnny t-shirt. Uh, Johnny t-shirt is consistent. Johnny t-shirt, uh, you know, Johnny t-shirt will hit their free throws when they need to. Um, Johnny t-shirt will give you 42 points one night. Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's maybe RJ Davis found out that you can get some some RJ Davis NIL shirts at Johnny T-shirt and was like, hey, I'm going to go off tonight and I'm going to do it for my friends at Johnny T-shirt. We appreciate Johnny T-shirt sponsoring Inside Carolina content, sponsoring this here show. Make sure y'all check them out. Um, Johnny T-shirt right there on East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill or JohnnyT-shirt.com. Use your 10 percent, uh, your 10 percent discounting fine on the premium message boards. And they'll take care of you. We're glad that they're sponsoring this here show. All right, Sherelle tried to walk us into it a second ago. Jalen Withers gave North Carolina some great minutes tonight. And, you know, you look at it, if you're just a person that looks at the stats and says, okay, well, he, he had four points, uh, one for three field goals, um, and four rebounds. But he played 12 minutes, and he was so incredibly active, incredibly active. One of the things that's kind of earned some trust uh, from Hubert Davis for Jalen Withers is his ability to cut. Uh, and and he's he was slashing tonight, both with and without the ball. Um, there was a time earlier in the game where there was a foul call, and I thought he was going to get a layup, but he didn't even get the shot off because um, the foul was on the floor. Uh, and he, then again, he hits the, the two free throws at the end just to, to ice the game. So, Sherelle, I'll let you, you talk a little bit about a young man from Charlotte. Uh, just really – not a gaudy stat night, but he contributed very effectively in the 12 minutes that he played. Sure. And I, what I like about it is that 12, I think 12 minutes is just about right because it, when you play him more, there's a risk of overexposure and, and some of the flaws maybe come out. But what he did tonight is what I think they envisioned him. It was the perfect, you know, kind of game that shows the role that they had for him, which is energy guy, great defense, rebounding, um, and and making sure he, he gets out on the fast break. He, there's a couple times where he didn't get the pass on the fast break, but he's definitely sprinting down the court. So uh, I, I think they should take this tape of him, 
And when they have their, their individual meetings over the next couple of days, they look, Jalen, this is it, man. This is what they need from you. This is you grabbing the game, ceiling rebound, you know, saving a lot of things, potentially a one seed, potentially, you know, the ACC regular season championship, all, all that stuff. You saved that with a rebound. There was a block, you know, Carolina won by four points. I think you had, you think you had two blocks, maybe one block. You saved two points there. Um, you made the game ceiling free throws after there were four straight that were missed. So um, I, I think really they can show him this and say, bottle this. This is what, what Carolina needs from you. Uh, so great performance from him. And, you know, Hebert Davis's thing is, you know, don't know when I'm going to call on you, but when I'm calling you, you go, go do it. And he, he definitely answered the call uh, and they, they needed every bit of it. I mean, the, the other th- two things, one, you saw the excitement from the players on the court, as well as the bench when he did get that rebound for what he had just, what he had just done. So I think that showed, you know, their, how they, they feel about him and, and two, the rebound that Seth got, um, you know, he, he had the, un, the, the task of trying to box out Omir, who, I mean, that's the, the last guy outside of, our, you know, especially with Armando gone, that's the last guy you would ever want to box out. And, and he got, he got crushed, but at the same time, he took Omir out and it, it allowed Seth to get the rebound. So that was, that was huge in itself. Um, but yeah, he, he made a, a lot of big plays. Um, he, he was impactful. You know, I, I swear he was going to hit that corner three, which came out way short, but you know, that that's a, for another day in terms of uh, his three-point shooting and how that that's disappeared. But I think if he can be that energy guy, cut, be aggressive, um, and, and give them a solid 12 minutes, as Sherelle said, then then that that's key. Um, and and I think, it, obviously, look, there's three games left, so you can either count on somebody or you can at this point. But I think he's he's been earning that trust off the bench for from Hubert and, and the coaching staff. In general, yeah, I know one of With- the concerns – was the bench has been the bench recently, Joey. And I thought outside of the stretch where RJ Davis and Baycott were out together in the second half, I thought the rotations were, were, were pretty good. They seemed to um, trust, I don't want to say trust the bench more, but they, they, there were more bench minutes than there have been, even though there were one or ten, there are more than there have been, I, I would say in the last you know, few games. So that was a good sign, especially coming off of the, the uh, Saturday, Monday turnaround. Yeah. 41 the- minutes. To- 41 minutes tonight for the bench, which, uh, which, based on what I know about you guys, feels pretty good for this group. At least the three of us, I think, is 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 a good number for for what they should strive for. Go ahead, Sean. I was gonna say, I mean, just in general, Jim Larinaga and my Miami have have been one of the teams that seems to always have UNC's number. They know how to play UNC, and even with uh, with Pack and Wuga out, I still expected a competitive game. Obviously, missing two great players, but they have some athletes and they have, you know, they, they have a great coach. So uh, it was still a, a big win, not giving, giving it up. Um, I think Keyshawn, you know, he showed why he's getting pro- potential lottery consideration, first round consideration and Bentley Joseph. I mean, he, he was guarding, you know, in- Ingram, whoever it was in the post and he wasn't giving up, giving up anything. So, uh, you, you know, I wasn't surprised that Miami played like that, like, like that. They have a lot of athletes. They have, um, you know, a lot of talent, even even without those guys. And then you add Larinaga and how he's usually competed against Carolina. So, you know, that shouldn't be understated. Yeah, and also shout out to the to the boom in the in the chat. We got eight hundred and eighty y'all in here watching us right now. So thank y'all for being a part of this. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, fellas. Um, I think we've almost got all the, the feathers plucked off this chicken. I want to take, uh, since we didn't do our normal show uh, this week, we'll try to do a little bit of this. I want to take a second to give Sean a, a huge shout out. Um, Sean is coming back from a, a double eye transplant after watching Virginia play basketball uh, on Saturday and, and has somehow rebounded to to make his way to do the show tonight. So um, I'm just thrilled at his his moxie and his internal fortitude to get back and, and play tonight despite having lost all sight uh, about you know, 5 o'clock in the evening uh, Tru- our time on Saturday. Tr- truly felt like I was, was in the Big Ten for that for that game, but it was nice to nice to get out of there, even though it felt like it should have been a 20 point, 20 point game. Man, that was uh, that set basketball back some time. All right, so let's get down to our two cents. It's brought to you by our friends at Congruity. Um, you know, we want to make sure we do give them some love. Congruity is a Congruity is just a great supporter of, of Inside Carolina. If you're a small or medium sized business, you've heard me say this a thousand times. Hit them up. They're going to tell you how they can save you some money on your uh, your, your human resources and administrative side of things. Um, if you've ever heard of PEO, they are absolutely the kings the PEO world and they will absolutely take care of your business so that you can focus on the stuff that doesn't you know bleed your time dry they want to help you focus on uh, spending time on the things that, that that make you money things that make you profitable make your business uh, more attractive and more successful um, they're going to give you a, a, a free assessment and I don't know if this is like a, a task strategy matrix that they're working with but they've got some tools they can look at help you decide whether or not uh, you need to be focusing on X, Y, or Z, and then what they can take off of your plate. Use, uh, if you go to this special website, uh, congruityhr forward slash Tar Heels, they will give you that free estimate uh, and go in and take a look and, and, and assess what you have going on at your business, see how they, can, uh, how they can help you out. So we appreciate all that Congruity brings to the table. Congruityhr forward slash Tar Heels. Uh, we're grateful for them. Um, guys, let's go ahead and do our two cents. Uh, then we'll see if we got time to take a couple questions before we get out of here. So, uh, Sean, give me your two cents before you, uh, before we start, uh, answering some questions. Um, good one. Don't have two, two right off the bat. I mean, I think, I think one, especially as we are close to getting into, into March, which is crazy to say, um, you want the team playing at their peak, you know, playing as, as perfect as they, as they can. That's still obviously, far from the case uh, over the last three games, having their worst offensive performance against UVA, their worst defensive performance against Syracuse, but also their best defense performance against UVA. So there's still a lot of fluctuations going on. Um, 
you know, Sherelle talked about if, if Ingram and, and Ryan could ever get going together. Um, it's always been one or two and everybody else has kind of fit in. But then, you know, I, I think we could see their ceiling right now, obviously worried about a, a first round exit. But besides uh, Ryan today, he, he didn't play. He obviously shot the ball extremely poorly. Um, I did like it how uh, he was sitting next to Marcus Page. I felt like Marcus was telling him, hey, don't settle for the three, just attack. And that's what he did. Uh, to get one of those, those baskets and Ingram keeps coming up with big plays, but he, he ne- really needs to be more aggressive on the offensive end, looking for his, looking for a shot and finding ways to affect the game offensively. But he has been getting the rebounds, getting the steals. So, you know, hopefully they can all put it together because once again, it doesn't matter how you're playing right now. It, every weekend's different in March. Um, and, and in terms of the other one, just got to go with RJ once again, coming off of that performance. I know Reese Beekman with that length, he gave Caleb Love uh, a lot of difficult times last year and that extended to, to RJ as well as him forcing it a little bit on, on Saturday, but it was nice to see him bounce back. And, you know, going back to the preseason, all, all the conversations of, Hey, let's just let RJ do what he does, does best. Um, and, and luckily we've, we've been able to, to watch that. And I mean, the, the, the shooting numbers and how he's playing have just been, uh, astronomical and probably something we won't be seeing, you know, for quite some time. So definitely enjoying the the RJ show that he's been putting on. And man, what a show that was tonight! Uh, dropping uh, forty three against uh, against Miami. I'm oh, sorry, forty two. Uh, yeah, he missed that last free throw because apparently that was contagious. Uh, Cheryl, give me your two cents, sir. Brought to you by Congruity. Uh, first one to the point about Harrison Ingram and offense. Uh, one of ten in his last three games from three. So again, it, it's like they just can't get everybody going at the same time as, as Ryan is kind of increasing as a shooter and Ingram is kind of decreasing at a shooter. And we said all season, if they can meet at like 36%, that would be great. And they're on track. Um, I think Ryan was up to 33% uh, before the game and Ingram was at 40. Uh, so it could happen. Um, two, uh, so R.J. Davis is just a weird stat. So R.J. Davis won three against Virginia and then seven tonight against um, Miami. So he's got 90 on the season. It's wild because there's only been eight players in Carolina history that have made 90 threes in a season. Three of them were on the same team, which when you start to think about it, like, man, that's insane. But Brady Manick, Caleb Love, and R.J. Davis um, are three of the eight. So just a, a little stat there. R.J. 15 away from tying Justin Jackson's single season record um, with at least five games left. So it should be pretty close, uh, especially if they play more than the minimum amount of games. There's that. And then last thing, uh, we'll have more up on the site this week, but uh, February is about to turn into March. And with March comes our favorite phrase that I cannot say that I'm going to say very, very slowly. But the transfer portal (laughs) opened in about two and a half weeks uh so we'll have something on that this week but it's already as it starts to get into the ncaa tournament it's time to start thinking about that too yeah so i appreciate you guys both giving me two very perfectly polished pennies to 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 wrap this part of the show before we take some questions uh and and someone asked in the chat earlier about you know how good of a three-point shooting team is uh, is Miami. It did seem like they were way above their depth tonight, but they um, they averaged shooting about 36% from three uh, for for the season, and they've made 239 of them all year. So it's they can get hot. I know they were without Poplar 
um, and Nigel Pack tonight, but that's not a bad shooting team. They ended up finishing uh, almost 50% from the field, 14 of 30 from, I'm sorry, almost 50% from uh, behind the arc, um, which, you know, 14 for 30, it's, I don't win you a lot of ball games, but it did not win them one tonight. All right, let's take a couple of questions before we have to uh, have to get out of here. I am um, I'm crashing quickly. Thank you guys for putting up with me and um, and Sean and Shrill for for carrying as always. Um, all right, first question from at Cold Ascending uh, in the chat: Why was Miami so successful with the press at the end of the game? Sean, I'm gonna throw that to you first because you you kind of dabbled in into that answer a little bit earlier, but I'll uh, I'll throw that to you now. I mean, I think they just caught caught UNC a little bit frazzled. Um, obviously, UNC has dealt with the press before. Um, my, Miami, they're they're long, they're they're athletic. It shouldn't have it shouldn't have happened. But I, I do think UNC, especially uh, going up uh, after those RJ threes, it mentally it had put the game game away. And sometimes it can be hard to to just get back physically and, and mentally at that point. And and I think my, Miami just had them had them frazzled today. Uh, sure. I'm not, ask not, you this not the one. most sci- scientific of, of answers, but, um, you know, it's all right, man. Sometimes. I'm not, I'm not asking you, not, not asking you to show your work. Uh, Sherelle, should free throw makes versus misses be a concern uh, from Katie bird in the chat? Yeah, I think so. Um, we've seen uh, Armando Baycott has been at 80% all year. So you think maybe this is just an off night for him, but RJ Davis's, uh, has slipped some, I think Brian Ives, uh, stat guru at ESPN. I think he said he's missed one in like seven or eight straight games. Uh, so it's it's a thing now. And even though he makes more than he misses, it's a thing. Um, we know that uh, Cadeau had struggles through throughout the season from the free throw line. They've, they've seemed to have um, calmed down a little bit, but he's had struggles. And we know Ingram has struggled for a lot of the season too. So outside of, uh, I guess, Ryan, you know, Ryan uh, Davis and to some degree Baycott, you feel okay. But then with Ingram and Cadeau, it's, you know, you're just not sure. And um, when you're trying to close games, it, it can't be all RJ because they're just going to deny him the ball, double team him, triple team him, and make other guys make free throws. So I think it is a concern um, to some degree. But at this point of the year, when you're uh, two and a half weeks away from being one and done, like everything is a concern if we're being honest. Man, some of y'all in the chat have jokes tonight, just absolute jokes uh, from Thomas Yancey. Um, see if I can get this up on the screen. Why is the defense so inconsistent? Is it a lack of focus and a drop? What I'm assuming was supposed to say in intensity. Uh, Sherelle, I'll let you stick with that one too. Yeah, I, I, I don't have the answer to this, to be honest. Uh, my guess would be um, that it's attention to detail. That's what the head coach said. Uh, so you, you have to assume that he has kind of a, a beat on the team and, and that's what it is. I, I don't necessarily think it's a drop in intensity. They seem pretty dialed in. The whole time i think it's just you know if you if you don't run through a screen a certain way if you hedge just a, a couple of inches too far you know that's the difference in winning and losing at this level of basketball is is you know inches it's not a it's not huge gaps you know these guys are all talented so i would say to me it just seems like a, a lack of focus and attention to detail which i i mean i you look back two years ago i think unc when they got in the in the tournament, just their, their focus and, and how locked in they were was, was fun to watch. Uh, but you know, you go to this, this weekend, Houston versus Baylor, for instance, Houston is the number one ranked defensive team and 
they were on the road, just completely shut down Baylor in the first half. Man, this defense is is incredible. Baylor can't you know can't even do anything on this, and then all of a sudden, boom, forty four points in the second half, and it goes to goes to overtime. So it is definitely hard hard to do, and and that was something as you're watching both the first half and second half, you say, man, this you know this game should not be close. Um, UNC. You know they know they're the better team and they're they're playing like it a lot um, and a little too casual. So once again, can that be turned on and off to an extent? But you definitely want to see it a little more locked in, especially at home and especially at this point at this point of the year. This statement is not scientific at all, but it's just based on misojos. Um, sorry, misoyos. Uh, I I think that North Carolina plays better defense when the tempo is sped up. Um, I, I don't. I think it's partially because that the possessions aren't as long, but I think they are more engaged on both ends when the when the games played like in the high seventies and the eighties. Um, they were on pace to get there until they took the air out of the ball in the second half today. But just again, just one guy's opinion. All right, last question, Sean. I'll kick this one over to you uh, from Chief Cooney. Are lack of second half substitutions a problem? A problem or something we've become accustomed to over the last last few years um you know i I think definitely would like to see see a little bit more especially to early on in the second half but i I know you know until the game's out of reach hubert goes with who he who he trusts um you know i I think you know washington could be a great great sub he's got to play play just stronger on on offense um and you know trimble has has his moments and and withers is is playing tough in his so you would like to see them get a little bit more but at the same time unc hasn't been able to lock these teams away when they do go out they give up you know they're giving up up points so you know i'd like to see a little bit earlier maybe um you know a little on and off in terms of who's coming in and, and who's coming out just to spell the guys instead of um you know rj and armando out at the same time but you know definitely don't want to lose the legs especially at this point point in time well, I appreciate the answers, guys, and appreciate the questions from those who, who watched us live tonight. If you are checking us out later on either YouTube or in your podcast feed, no worries. You can jump in when we do these live. Just uh, hammer that subscribe button on IC's YouTube channel, and then you can get the alerts whenever we're getting ready to do a live show, whether it's us or Tommy in one of the thousand shows he does. Um, he's now doing a, a Monday thing with, uh, with Scott Forbes, which is nice. If you follow the Diamond Heels, check that out. Um, but anytime North Carolina uh, has a game or has something that is newsworthy, most likely IC is going to have some sort of live coverage on this here YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe and you can get those updates automatically sent to you. And if you're listening to us in your podcast feed, we appreciate you too. Um, rate us, review us. We're grateful for all the feedback. It helps uh, helps us deliver what it is you, know, you are some listeners, viewers, subscribers want to hear. Um, but until next time, shout out to John T-Shirt for sponsoring. To all the 800 and plus folks that, that joined us live tonight, um, shout out to Congruity for sponsoring, to Sherelle and Sean, and to John Siegley for producing. But until next time, appreciate all of y'all being here. We'll talk to you very, very soon. I'm Joey Powell. This has been a post-game edition of the Coast to Coast podcast. Tar Heels win 75-71 at home over the Miami Hurricanes. We will talk to you very, very soon here on InsideCarolina.com. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.